So do you really know what's being done to protect your law firm from a cybersecurity perspective? Uh, do you really know what technologies are in place? How do you, how, what proof do you have? Um, have you asked your IT provider, or your IT team lately? A lot of law firms don't, and, and I get it. Um, we're business owners, me and Dave, and, and Vinny's not here, but you know we understand, right? You have to delegate tasks to people in business, and you have to trust that they're going to get it done. But at the end of the day, shouldn't you have some checks and balances in place for something so critical to your business? And I'm not exaggerating that this may be the second or first most important thing to your business. Um, I would say cash is king. Everybody knows that cash is king. But think about it. This is something that could literally put you out of commission and maybe out of business and maybe out of the practice of law. And so shouldn't there be some checks and balances on it? Um, you know, do you not have checks and balances? And, and see maybe cash flow reports and and maybe uh, financials. So um, don't worry though, me and Dave are gonna help you. So you can relax, you don't have to come up with the questions yourself. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, this is No Law From Left Behind and I'm Jim Gast and Dave Myers there. Dave, hi. How you doing? We're here to uh, help your law firm be more competitive, uh, help your staff and attorneys be more productive, ultimately so you can get and keep more of your clients. So, uh, you know, we're here every Tuesday to help. Uh, today, we're going to talk about this, Dave. You know, do you yourself, I mean, you're a security professional, right? I mean, this is right. what you do. Uh, just so everyone knows, Dave is a data compliance, data risk and compliance uh, consultant and attorney and, <laughs> and practices regularly for us at SpliceNet and, our, and is highly technical. So, you know, if you're going to listen to anybody, you got to listen to that guy right there. Dave, is it no less important than cash? So let's actually back up a step and talk yeah. about, and I'm going to get really, Jim's going to go to sleep on this one, but any of my attorneys that are listening will understand this. Um, let's go back to the rules of ethics, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, the rules of legal ethics require that attorneys care about this. Yeah. Um, it's not optional. Even if it's delegated, it is ultimately your responsibility. And Failure to take this with a certain level, you know, with an adequate level of seriousness can result in disciplinary action. Mm -hmm. So it's not just something that you should, as a good business owner, be concerned with. It's something that's required yeah. under the rules of under the rules of ethics. So you have to concern yourself with security. Um, and I will tell you that cash is king in general for all businesses but within the legal community there is also reputation yeah. and one of the things that's unique about the legal profession is that so much of a business's reputation is hinged to an individual's reputation and so if for example in another business if something happens and it goes out of business and the owners go over here and form another business doing something different a lot of times some of that stuff won't follow them reputation wise in the practice of law everything hinges on that person so if you suffer a breach and it's found that you were just like head in the sand and that's what happened you can dissolve that firm and go somewhere else but i guarantee you that is going to follow you yeah wherever you go to so it's something that 
while you're never going to completely prevent all security incidents, you have to take steps. You have to be informed. And I think that's really, Jim, what you're going for here. It's not that an attorney needs to become an expert on cybersecurity. It's that are you doing any kind of due diligence to make sure that you're at least taking reasonable steps to protect the data that you hold? I mean, Dave, you know as well as I do that we do law firm cybersecurity assessments all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And as a technology company, we do them uh, first and foremost from a technology perspective, and Dave's been doing them from a risk to, uh, perspective. So we look at both sides of the equation, mm -hmm. and how many times have we heard an attorney when we ask the question, so talk to us about your cybersecurity, oh, our IT guys have got that taken care of. It, you can't put your head in the sand. Correct. It's not allowed, and it, it's 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 a it's it's definitely a uh, ethical violation in almost every state. There have been opinions and opinions on it. By the way, this is not a sleeper for me, Dave. This is what we need to do our jobs and to protect our law firms is to help them understand these things. It's absolutely but, right. But I know that um, every professional liability carrier out there. When a law firm it goes for, they've got to check a box on cybersecurity. Oh, oh, they got to check. I'll tell you, um, <laughs> it, it's going to remain. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to name any names of any E&O carriers, okay? Yeah. But I saw one recently that I had seen in prior years, and it was very reasonable. Um, the questions that are being asked, and then I saw what their updated cybersecurity writer questionnaire was and i was like wow yeah okay really and, and harder, it's, like, it's like literally if you don't have these things you are not eligible we will not cover you and, and it's, i will tell you the bulk of the firms we go into they don't have it no. they just they don't and, and so we and we've got to work with some of our clients to catch them up I mean, honestly, we're still working with clients to catch them up in a lot of places. And it's, well, it's, it's an always a moving target, too, because you'll get a new set of updates and everything that we were compliant with a yeah. year ago. All right. Now we've got a whole new laundry list of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get to it, Dave. I mean, we know the importance of it. You know, let's, right. let's kind of talk about these five questions. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole lot more. Um, these are just five really yeah. critical things that if you're not asking about these things, you're probably not asking about much at all and you're probably doing something right. You're probably right. not following up. I've got, um, and I'll post these as well as some other ones to mm -hmm. help you as a, a law firm law firm professional, um, whether you're the managing partner or legal administrator, heck, even the IT guy. If you're the IT director, IT manager, or just, uh, you should take these questions and go to the partnership because yeah. who's next going to get choked if something goes bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I've seen it time and time again. So, um, Dave, tell me why uh, why antivirus is first off. The question should be, what are we using other than just antivirus to protect our network? Right. right? That's the question. Now, Dave, um, good question. I think that's a very foundational question because anti. First off, ask it what we're using for antivirus, and then get some get some information on it because there's a lot of crap out there. But Dave, why is that an important question? So it's because nowadays, five years ago, even ten, you know, five ten years ago, if you had antivirus, you had probably the most important thing that you could have to keep yourself safe. It was about the only thing, and it was critical. And you know, the argument 
was what's the best antivirus? Any more of that, you know, we have to point out to people that no single defense, no single protection is good enough. Mm-hmm. Even altogether, it's not 100%. No. But it's, you know, whether you want to call it the, you know, layering or Swiss cheese or whatever analogy you want to make. And there are several that float out there. But it's the idea that you have to layer different items on top of each other because this technology might protect you from something that this one doesn't. Yep. yep. And so the idea analogy we used a couple of weeks ago, let's take the house analogy. You know, what is antivirus to a house compared to a house from, a, from no, an no. perspective? So if you ask me, antivirus is just the door lock. That's really all it is. Can it be picked? Yeah. Are there other ways to that into the house? You bet there is, but it is the basic, right? Right. The only thing that you've got, if nothing else is antivirus, and it's definitely not enough. Let's consider the internet a high crime neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Okay. It isn't just, you know, the, the nice suburban streets, right? I mean, it is a high crime neighborhood, where people are trying to do crazy stuff all over the place. And all if day. all Every you day. have is just a little door lock, it's not enough. It used to be, but it's not anymore. Right. So yeah. as criminals have gotten more and more sophisticated, they have found ways around antivirus. So you've got to have other stuff in place. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole slew of different technologies that are out there. So, you know, let's just talk about things like, you know, web filtering. Mm-hmm. Um do, do you have a system in place that blocks you from going to dangerous sites in the first place, yeah. thus making the need for the antivirus unnecessary? So it's the idea that if you, you know, layer these things. So you have web filtering. You might have email filtering. Okay. You might have what's called like edge AV that might run on your uh, threat management gateway. Um, also known as a firewall. My firewall, um, which there's a difference between the firewall that you get at the local big box store and a firewall that has integrated security functionality. Okay. So the one you get at the, at the big box store is like the networking equivalent to antivirus. It's the lock on the front door, but it's not nearly enough. So the idea is you need to have multiple items because we want this stuff at the very outside and we're going to try to block everything we can. Well, let's say something gets past that. All right. Well, now we got another level of security and we're going to, you know, it's going to try to pick up anything that got to the first level. And then if it gets past all our other stuff, then we fall back to antivirus. But antivirus is like a last resort anymore. Yeah. yeah we yeah. really want to stop this stuff before it even gets there in the first place. Real quick on, on antivirus, yeah. Dave, there's two things we should point out, I think, on antivirus. There is set it and forget it antivirus okay you set it up and it's supposed to be patching itself that's not good enough right it needs to it doesn't always patch and it's sometimes disabled by hackers so it needs to be needs to be well actually there's three kinds really so set and forget it and it does and you think it's doing its job set it and monitor it which is another one it's not doing its job or set it monitor it and See is see if something unusual is going on by a third party. Yeah, and we got to move on to the other one. So be real yeah. quick. Uh, real quick. The idea is not all antiviruses mm-hmm. and antivirus applications are created equal. In fact, 
we're currently in the process of moving most of our, you know, we're, we're beginning the process of moving most of our clients away from traditional antivirus and into more, um, we'll keep it, but yeah, you know, it's something that has matured to the point now where um, there are even extra like people that are watching it all the time. So exactly. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Number two. Okay. Here's the question you should ask. Okay. Do not, you could, people can skirt these questions. They skirt them to me all the time when I ask them and I look at them and say, let's, let's get serious. Okay. And so I'm going to ask the question I would normally ask, and I'm going to give you the answer that I normally hear. Okay. Uh, do you have verified daily backups of your data? Do you test your backups monthly? Okay. Oh, well, you know, we restore files, you know, regularly because, you know, we have to recover files. That's not the same thing. Right, Dave? I mean, a routine is what we're looking for here. When you're talking about backups and disaster recovery scenarios, the key thing is to test it before you need it. Oh. Do not test it. Do not hope that it's going to work. Even if it has worked every time thus far, that doesn't mean that you can rely on it. You have to have a scheduled, documented, and reviewed approach to testing these things mm -hmm. you need to be testing and it varies from place to place okay there is no one size fits all for this it's more are we going to virtualize our backups once a month once a quarter whatever you choose make sure you do it yeah make sure you and make sure it's validated it. and reported on you and know look at a report because at the look end of the day, paper that says what's happened yeah and 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 because here's the thing Someday you're going to have a security incident. Everyone watching this is going to have a security incident someday. Or, you know, even if you're, well, no, you're just going to have a security incident. But I would not, yeah, I would not, I wouldn't yeah. mention words with that. It's going to happen. And, and, and so what's going to happen is you're all of a sudden are going to get Monday morning quarterbacked the minute that it happens. And if you say, oh, we test our back, we tested our backups. Can you show that you did that? Yeah. If you can't show that you did that, then you, you, for all intents and purposes, you're not. I, I walked into a um, look. I, we do work with not just law firms, but I walked into uh, to another type of office that wasn't a law firm, and they were still changing hard drives out on a regular, consistent basis. Every supposed to be doing it every day, and we know. And I said, we know it doesn't happen every day. Let's be honest, because I mean, it's about being truthful with yourself, right? It's in it, and, and where you were is not where you need to go. Who cares about where you are? All we care about is fixing and moving forward. Right? Exactly. And so, Dave, um, real quick on the data backups, and I want to get moving because we've got about five, five, ten minutes left. And so, uh, data backups also hackers destroy backups and and adulterate backups so that when they encrypt all your stuff, you can't do anything. You can't go back right. to your backups. And so that's why you want to test them. It's one of those telltale signs that a hacker might be doing something. Okay. And there. You know, just just so you know, there are technologies out there now in some backup systems where it will, on its own, every day, yeah, go out and spin up your backups to test them and verify that they're going to boot up. Yep. And yep. if for some reason it doesn't, it's going to say, "Hey, we have a problem here," and which could be the first thing. indication that you're ready to be hit with something. And and say, and and if you ask IT and they say, "Oh, we get reports daily," reports aren't good enough. Test, test, test. 
I want somebody to actually test it. Okay, Dave, number three. Got the old list of questions here, by the way. Number three, uh, has your IT uh, team or company talked to you about putting together a formal written multi-step process for securing your network and recovering from a ransomware attack? Dave, I'm going to let you handle this. This is your area right here. It's a plan. So let's talk about what this question is and is not and who's responsible for what. Mm-hmm. Um, the question we're asking here very intentionally is, is, is limited towards ransomware. Okay. And it is because it is the number one risk out there right now. Yeah. It's the one that practically we see. I mean, it's really what the we colonial see. Hit, say, uh, hit uh, the, the meat packers. I mean, it hits. Everything. And so when it comes to ransomware, your IT company, your managed service provider needs to have an idea as to what they would do when this happens. And when I say an idea, they need to be able to tell you, here's what we're going to do. But but are they qualified? I mean, that's that. I want to go back to that real quick. I mean, mm-hmm. is an IT department qualified to put the plan of attack together? On this? So let's talk. Uh, and what I want to make sure that I'm clear on here is we're limiting ourselves to ransomware. Okay. We're not talking about overall security incident response planning. All right. So we're just talking about the technical parts of a ransomware. Correct. Because this is the thing. And Jim, it's such a great question. You don't delegate risk management and business decisions to your IT department. You just don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's something that has to be made at the executive level as to say, because you can't avoid all risks. Heck, and, for that matter, what what decisions need to be made and when by who? Because it's not just it's not a matter of just recovering. You might have to get coho of insurance. You might have to put the yeah. And they, that onus is not on IT. Hmm. That onus is on whether you've got a, a an office manager, an operate uh, you know a director of operations. Maybe it's the managing partner or an executive committee or you know uh, maybe somebody dedicated to risk management. The thing is, is that when we're talking broad scope incident response planning, that's where all those things are laid out. Who makes these decisions mm-hmm. instead of going, uh, 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 we just had a bad thing happen. What do we do? But the thing is, is that you should be able to go, you should be able to ask your IT if we had ransomware, what are, what are we going to do yeah. from a technical perspective? They're, they're definitely part of the process. Absolutely. And when it comes to technical controls and technical response, your IT department, whether internal or outsourced, they're going to be right in the middle of this without question. They're going to be driving huge, huge steps here. But But they're not the end all be all when it comes to this. There is responsibility that comes back on you know, the, the executive committee and whatnot. So I don't want to paint a picture here with this one that so IT has to make all this happen. Let me let me put it to to in in terms again, and I love analogies, right? Mm-hmm. We don't go into a football game, uh, or a baseball game, or a basketball game without a plan, right? Yes, the quarterback knows. You know, we're talking about the play that the quarterback is going to run, okay? And the IT department might be the quarterback, right? They may be in certain aspects of it, but the play does is given to them and developed with them. They don't come up with it. So if your IT company isn't isn't talking to you about a plan and a and a multi-step process, then definitely 
bring that question up and say, we need, you know, tell me about this. What do, what can we do? And let's take, I want to take that analogy just one hair yeah, further so. here. Okay. Even if we're going to assume IT is the quarterback in a ransomware scenario, that quarterback listens to the coach. That's it. That coach listens to the head coach. That coach listens to the front office ultimately. Right. And these right. coaches the are not making coordinator, offensive coordinators. And none of these coaches are making it up as they go. They're drawing off what's worked right. and failed in game their past film. and other yep. coaches. Yep. Game so film they've watched. Yep. If there's Players. an IT group or any group out there that goes, oh, I know it all. And I'm not, you know, no, you, you got to draw no, on the resources no. of the community. So it, it, there's no isolation here. Well, let's go a minute over. We had two more questions. So we're going to have to hammer through them. Okay. But this is a very valuable thing for, for people. Um, okay. So here's one. Have your, have, have your IT department talk to you about locking down. Get a little feedback there. Locking down. Um, I'm going to mute you. That good? Okay, so has your IT department talked to you about locking down your attorneys and staff's workstations so that they can't install programs or download files accidentally from the Internet by email or directly going to a website uh, and thereby compromising your networks? That's an important question. Why, Dave? Because, you know, if you don't have locks in place, if you don't have restrictions in place um, up front that they can show, you know, yeah, it, yeah. you're just leaving windows open unnecessarily. It, it's exactly right. I was going to go back to the house again. You know, yeah, you might have the door locked, but do you have the deadbolt? Do you have window locks? Right. Do you, you know, do you have the bar that you put is on the sliding glass door? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that those are the types of things. I mean, you know, you can put all the protections in place, but at the but really seriously, if somebody just cracks the door with the chain on it, it could be kicked in, right? Exactly. And so you need to. This is more of a uh, end users. End users are the target, always the target. They're the number one target. Um, and so preventing them from downloading files and accessing applications that can compromise it is is goes it's hand in hand. It's just yeah, one more layer. It goes hand in hand with education at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. So education is important, but, you know, trust and verify, trust and verify. Right. All right, uh, Dave, big one right here. Um, has your IT company our team talked to you about having a qualified third party audit your, uh, your, sec your security protocols and systems? And this is what we do from a data risk and compliance perspective. So, and this is a, this is the whole fox in the hen house mm -hmm. mentality. Okay. Um, if you ask your IT resources, if they're doing a good job, they're probably not going to come back to you and say, no, we suck. No, I mean, nobody would, right? You're First of all, and that's not because they're lying. That's not because they're trying to be evasive. It's because when you go in and say, well, I should have X, Y, and Z, I'm yeah. going to go put in X, Y, and Z. Yep. Yeah. Well, you think you did because you don't know what you don't know. Right. The value in having a third party come in is it brings a fresh set of eyes and says, that's awesome that you have X, Y, and Z. But do you have one, two, and three? And there are a lot of compliances and standards out there that actually dictate this. That um, that many people, including IT, 
don't necessarily know about. And so there's a huge value and it's not just, you know, and I want to make sure that most, this is geared more towards any of our folks that are IT folks watching this. It's not meant to be a threat. You know, having somebody come in from the outside is not meant to be a threat. It is because just like no one technology can solve everything and no one football coach knows all the plays and all the strategies, no one group of IT knows all the vectors. Well, it's it's even easier to, to parallel to another department in business, Dave. Okay. That department is accounting. Right. Your bookkeepers, your CFOs, do they get offended when a CPA, outsourced CPA, wants to help audit the book, inject the books to make sure that everything is going in the direction that it needs to go in? They don't get offended. It's the idea that, you know, it's whether or not they're a risk to your job and it's how you view it. They're there to help you. They're there to help improve. And no, generally, the CFOs wants that outside validation. And, and it actually helps thing. people move the ball forward also. Mm-hmm. So if IT is actually trying to push an initiative, yeah, it, it helps for them to get somebody behind them, a third party. You better believe it. Because I can't tell you how many times we go and we talk to IT and they're like, uh, we've been saying this for years. They need to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it takes no, you really need to do this. And most of your IT professionals in your businesses know much of this already. Yeah. You know, we're preaching the choir and really we're lobbying for them here. Oftentimes, you know, yeah. it is what we're doing. And so, you know, it's important to have third parties look at this too. So look, I'm going to take this and, uh, and, and and we'll put some other tips on here. These are just top, some of the top fives that, that we uh, thought were really important to talk about. But um, I'll put a link to this uh, in the uh, comments of all the various places we post to um, and also on our podcast. So, Dave, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pop this up on the screen. If uh, if you're not a member of No Law From Left Behind on uh, LinkedIn, this is where we post most of our stuff as well as our YouTube channel. But you can find the YouTube channel from here. Uh, if you're not a member of No Law From Left Behind on LinkedIn, uh, this is our group. Again, don't try to copy this down and write it down. Take a picture of it or just go to LinkedIn and search no law from left behind. Heck, you could probably search it on Google by now and uh, and you'll find the group just asked to be a member. It's a very exclusive group. We're here Tuesdays at 1030 Eastern and uh, talking about topics that are very important to your law firm uh, and security, technology, marketing, business, so on and so forth. So, Dave, I think this is a really important topic. I think we hit all the marks really well. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone has any questions, post them on the comments and chats on the various places and we'll see them. So Dave, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the, uh, the input on this. Great. Everyone, we'll see you next week. Take care. Take care, everyone.